Hey, what's up, everybody? And welcome to another edition of I Won't Stop Until I Win. I am your host, Jose Flores, and each week I'll be sharing inspiring stories of people who push through the pain, who overcome adversity, and who keep on running their race to become the winners they are today. So thank you for spending some time with me, and let's jump right into the show. Hey, what is going on, family? Listen, uh, thank you so much for hanging out with me for another episode of I Won't Stop Until I Win. And before I start every show, you guys know that I always like to take a few moments right up front to give God some thanks because I believe that without him, none of this will be possible. So I just pray that somebody that's out there that's listening is inspired, encouraged, and motivated to not only learn more and do more, but to become more. And I pray that in Jesus' name. And listen, guys, you know, whenever I do bring on a guest on the show, it's nothing but the fire. And as always, this week is no less than any other week that we've had with some great, amazing guests. And this week, I have a good friend of mine. I met him recently, but uh, he's a phenomenal individual. He's also a fellow motivational speaker, just like I am. He's also a best-selling author as well. He's also an international presenter and founder and franchisor of Journey Fitness uh, 330 Three. He has an amazing story. We're going to dive right into that right now. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with my boy, my brother, Travis Barnes. What's going on, man? Uh, Jose, thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. Uh, I really appreciate that in- introduction. Thank you so much. <laughs> People say I have like the best introduction. They're like, man, I'm going to hire you to introduce me on stage. <laughs> For sure. That's a lot to live up to after you said all that. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. But hey, listen, I, I love bringing on people like yourself with amazing stories, right? Uh, the name of the show is I Won't Stop Until I Win. And you definitely haven't stopped. You keep on going with, with everything that you've gone through. Um, so, man, just thank you for being on the show, brother. Uh, thank you for having me. It's an honor. Yeah. So let's just jump right into it, man. So I know that when we spoke last time, you were telling me a little bit about your story, but I told you not to tell me too much because I wanted to share it with my audience. Uh, But man, you mentioned so many things when we spoke last, but let's just start um, for, you know, maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago. Like, what were you doing? What were you up to? You know, what led to that massive life altering and changing situation that you went through? Yeah, interestingly. So I'm sitting in one of our uh, franchises today. I'm, behind me on the wall is never give up. So don't stop until I win. You know, that's perfect for us. And uh, what happened for me is at a young age, I fell in love with fitness. I, I knew that being fit on the outside made me feel better on the inside. And I was growing up in a broken home, so I needed to feel better on the inside. It was just kind of a struggle for me. And so throughout my life, being so passionate about fitness, I just couldn't wait to get out there, go to like Muscle Beach and be like Arnold or whatever. You know, that was kind of my plan. And I had some family in Vegas and I was living on the East Coast. So I thought Vegas would be like a pit stop on my way to Venice Beach. Mm -hmm. And I went to Las Vegas and I got my first job in a Gold's Gym in Las Vegas, Nevada. And this was uh, this was back in 1998. And uh Man, I'll tell you, I was so excited to be there. I just couldn't wait. I was like, oh, man, you know, I'm asking all these bodybuilders. There there are just amazing bodybuilders that you see in the magazines all the time, like Sean Ray and Flex Wheeler and all these great icons of fitness. In fact, Lee Haney was even training a Vander Holyfield at the time as he was moving up in weight so that he could be the heavyweight champ and all those kind of things. So it was like just I was starstruck. I was a small town kid and. And what I found out, though, is that a lot of 
bodybuilders that look fit on the outside are sometimes very unhealthy on the inside. Because as I was asking for advice, I was also getting led astray and not by any of the names I just mentioned, but, you know, by, by some other names, you know, that said, Hey, you know, this is what we do. And there was a lot of illegal drug use going on. You know, there was cocaine being used for diuretics. Uh, One guy thought you should smoke pot before you train because it lowered his cortisol levels. And, and I was a naive kid. Probably an important lesson in that is that Throughout our lives, we're many people, right? The oldest man is still the smallest child, right? You know, and I think at that time, I was still looking for a father. Uh, I found that in a lot of older male role models would kind of take the place of that father figure that was absent. So I was always willing to compromise myself back then to fill that void of love and acceptance that I was missing in my life. And so I did. And well as it does with just about everybody, trying drugs led me down a, a, a dangerous road of addiction. And that downward spiral eventually cost me 10 years of my life. I wound up in, incarcerated for a nonviolent drug offense for about 10 years of my life. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so that was, uh, was kind of how, in the short, <laughs> shortened version, how all that happened was actually just through a passion for fitness. And so there I am. And incarcerated and I had gone so far astray, so far astray from the the man, the person that I'd hoped to be. Although, although lucky along the way, I will say this, you know, you think about somebody getting into drug addiction and that's all you can see. And I will tell you that drug addicts have moments of clarity. They have good days. They have bad days. They have uh, recovery and relapse and all those kind of things. So I did meet my wife along the way. I met my wife along the way and I was able to get married and, and, you know, we, we were kind of wild together in our early years. I'll say that. And when I took that car ride that cost me a decade of my life, what I didn't know is that my wife had become pregnant with our child. I would find that out after a couple of weeks after that car ride. So I was released and, you know, that was just something that, I was fortunate enough to have happen. And as the court system sometimes take a while to do things, I was able to see the first year of my daughter's life. I was able to see her born and all those things. But eventually I had to go to prison. These are mandatory minimums. I was in a federal case and, you know, I actually went to prison for Sudafed because I had uh, gotten addicted to meth and I gave somebody a ride to pick up these pills of Sudafed, which was really strange. Let me just kind of frame this up for you for a second. I get put in with all these guys that have long prison sentences. In fact, the level for my crime, there's a sentencing guideline. And so my level was 32. The other things that are found in that level are second degree murder, right? So Sudafed, second degree murder. Guess who gets chained together on a bus? I get chained to a guy that's got a swastika on his forehead and, you know, what are you in for? And I'm like, Sudafed, you know, possession of Sudafed. And he's like, and so I'm like, what are you in for? And he says, institutional murder. And I'm like, okay, all right, well, <laughs> you know, so that was just how I started out my time. But, uh, you know, it's very important who we have with us in our life. Very important. Because I thought maybe it was time for my wife to say goodbye. You know, I was going to be gone for 10 years. And uh, I, I just told her, I was like, you know, there's no sense you sticking around for me. I can't see anybody waiting 10 years for someone. And and then, of course, 
our daughter, I had to question whether or not it was even right of me as a father to expect that I would be able to see my daughter. Like I didn't want my daughter to have to come to a, a place like that of barbed yeah. wire and, you know, people that are in there for such crimes as I just mentioned. And, and uh, my wife told me, she says, your daughter has to know that she has a father. Mm. And, and so she was determined to bring my daughter to visits. And that was, uh, that was overwhelming for me and overwhelming in a very positive way, because instead of being able to give up on myself, I know that we say, you know, never give up now and I won't stop until I win. But back then, I, I think that I was definitely having a lot of thoughts about giving up because that was an, a very intense adversity that I was facing, you know, all those years. <laughs> Some people don't even know what they would do. Think about that. If you're one of the listeners right now, think about what you might do if you had to go to jail or prison for a week or for a month or for six months or for a year, you know, of course you start to have those thoughts. You're like, okay, yeah. I mean, that would be intense. Okay. I'd lose my home. I'd lose some relationships. 10 years. I, I mean, I was definitely, I, I didn't even know if I could really do that time. That's I, I a was long just, time. Yeah. I long mean, time, I, man. and I want to thank you too, for being vulnerable, bro, because I know it's easy for a lot of us to say, you know, never give up or I won't stop until I win, but you, you know, being honest and, and authentic and saying, Hey man, I, I, I felt like I had a moment where I felt like giving up. And I think that that doesn't just because we say those things doesn't mean that we don't feel those things from time to time. Right. Because we're human. There's times we're going to feel like we want to give up. There's times that we're going to feel like we're not winning and we're losing. Right. But I just think that not having that mindset to park there and stay there is what helps push us forward. And that's exactly what happened to you. One of the things that I love, about your the little bit of the story that I heard from you. And, and I'm just like all ears right now because you didn't really tell me too much. I didn't want to hear too much of it. But one of the things I loved was the fact that your wife actually stayed with you the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, your wife, man. Yeah. You know, I have some friends that call her Saint Cindy because there's some real statistics that say 97% of marriages fail during our incarceration. And of those that survive, I think it's like another 97 to 99% that fail within the first six months of somebody coming home. Because, you know, if you got somebody spending there for an extended period of time, they're a bit institutionalized. I mean, I can tell you some funny stories about coming home. The world changed in 10 years. I had a beeper and a flip phone before I went in, you know, and then I come out and there's some <laughs> things going on, you know, but, uh, you know, so, so it was, it was a lot for us to even adjust to. So I can understand how marriages would fail, but she stuck by me the whole time. Uh, Cindy took a job in a deli. Her, her pursuit of jobs, the, the type of job she was looking for was a job that would give her Fridays and one of the weekend days off. Because how it works in the federal system is you get 12 points for visits, but two points for Saturday, two points for Sunday, and one point for Friday. So if somebody was dedicated to want to come every weekend, then they'd want to and max out their points. They'd want to get one of their visits on a Friday and another visit on another day, like a Saturday or a Sunday. So Cindy strategized and said, okay, I'm going to get a job that will allow me to do this. And I'm, I wasn't close. I wasn't like, you know, next door. She had to drive an hour and a half each way during most of my time in order to make these visits happen. So here's a girl working in the deli. Thank God for mom too, because she was staying with my mother. You know, they were kind of raising my daughter together, right? You know, ones at work or whatever, you know, and they're kind of teaming up to make this thing happen. That's right. 
And so Cindy would spend all of her gas money just on prison visits. I mean, that, I mean, like all the money that she had coming from that job were practically going to, you know, her coming to prison. So, wow. uh, yeah, I, she's I can't, even, I can't even fathom that, bro. And I, and I want, you know, everyone that's listening or watching this, I want you to understand the perspective of that. That wasn't just for like two weeks or a month or a year, like you said. This was for a decade, 10 long years that she was doing this every weekend. And, and it reminds me of, you know, like, like, you know, even for my wife, and we spoke about her on your, on your, on your podcast as well. But it's like, sometimes I'll have a friend of mine, a, a guy, you know, lift me up out of my wheelchair to put me, you know, somewhere. And he's struggling, bro. Because mm-hmm. I'm like 155 pounds dead weight. So my wife is always laughing. She's like, sometimes she's like, man, you got some weak boys, man. They, they can't even lift you. <laughs> and we kind of <laughs> joke around about it. But they, she's been doing this for 20 years. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It just ha- For us to be as blessed as we are to have those type of strong women in our corners, man, it, it says a lot about who they are and a lot about who we are. Because thank God they love us that much to stick with us, right? <laughs> Amen to that. You know, you say that behind, uh, they say behind every strong man is a strong woman. You know, I've heard something like that, you know, cliche a bit, but very, very true. I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like Cindy's love kept me accountable because there there were some times early on, I didn't know how it was going to work. I don't know if she was going to come visit. I didn't know if I was going to see my daughter again. And so I'm kind of contemplating, you know, am I going to hang it up? You know, like, what am I going to do? Right. You know? And so then all of a sudden I start finding out how, how loving and how dedicated she's going to be to me. And man, I started feeling guilty about any of those selfish thoughts I was having. And I, I had the, my other self had a conversation with this self and it said, you know what, Travis, you have been selfish long enough. Addiction got you here and you got a wife that's going to come and visit you. And it's time that you started being even from inside these walls, the best father, the best husband, the best person that you can be. And Love will keep you accountable. Uh, you opened up in prayer and there's a good book by Danny Silk and it says, loving your kids on purpose. And uh, what, what he basically is saying in that book is he says, forget your point system, you know, forget grounding and this and that. He's like, you know, get that heart to heart connection with your kids where they don't want to let you down. Yeah. And that's the best accountability that you can have. And I would say uh, from a a partner perspective, a, a spousal perspective. That's what Cindy did for me. She said, you know, I'm going to love this guy and I'm going to bring his daughter to see him so that his daughter knows him. And, and when she would bring her, she would do amazing things. Like she told her when she was learning to tie her shoes, she says, you're going to wait until you go see your dad and he'll show you. Mm-hmm. And it allowed me, I mean, that still brings tears to my eyes because yeah. I'm like, you know, it allowed me to play a role in a place where I wasn't even supposed to be able to play a role. You know, that's incredible. Yeah, it was really that's awesome. powerful, man. That's powerful. See, that's why I love bringing people like you, man, to share those those tearjerker stories, man, because, you know, you know, you're successful. I'm successful. You know, people see successful people and they're like, man, like they're all the way out there and we're not. We're right here, just like you are going through the same emotions, the same issues, the same problems, the same struggles. The only difference is, is that we don't allow that to define us and we don't allow that to keep us stuck where we are. And that's why I love bringing on these type of stories. Um, so shout out to Cindy, man, and your daughter. How old is she now? How, how, how long ago? Was so my daughter's 19 now, uh, oh, 19. Man. So I've been home since uh, 2010 uh, or 2011, actually. It was January 2011. Uh, so 
Yeah, I've been home. I've been home since 2011. And so now I've been home 10 years, but I, I got to, I got to catch about the second half of my daughter's growing years. And I, and I think that I was there for the, uh, of course, we all want the cute cuddly years, right? Who doesn't want to, you know, see the toddlers first discovering the world and all that kind of stuff. But I feel that I've been here for the years that she really needed me most, uh, you know, because those teen years can be pretty yeah, interesting. Yeah. And they, I think she needed a guy that had been around the block, you know, so, uh, you know, that that's good. Too. And how's your relationship with her now? That's good. It's good. I think that uh, I think that she's a lot like me, you know, I mean, she can be stubborn at times and, you know, a little risky at other times and she's finding her way. But I think that she's really going to find her way even into the family business, because there's times that I like we share the same uh, passions for different motivational things and, you know, coaching. And she she wants to be a counselor or a coach. And so I can really see that happen. And I'm excited to just watch her life unfold now. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, let's just switch gears a little bit because you, you mentioned the, uh, the the franchise a couple of times now. So you started off, you know, being fascinated with fitness and 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 and, and health and wellness. And then that kind of took a detour because of the drug situation. And then you you went in for 10 years, you came out. How did you begin this whole idea of starting your own franchise? Like, where did that start? Yeah. Obviously, we know you loved it, but where did that come from? Like, because most people come out of prison and they're like, what the heck am I going to do now? I just want to get, I, I'm glad we're just getting a regular job as a, as a, as a felon, right? So wh- why did this all start for you? Yeah, you know, so I think when I first started, when I decided even while I was in prison to be the best person, the best husband, the best man that I could be, I I got reconnected with my passions. You know, I, I said, how did I get here? You know, and I'm like, well, you know, that boy that was still craving some love and acceptance did some dumb things that led you here. And it's time that you started getting your validation from within instead of outside of yourself. And so I started exercising again. And I decided that prison was going to be it was going to be my college. It was going to be my fitness center. It was going to be everything good. And I wasn't going to get into gangs and, you know, do some of the criminal behaviors that still go on inside of prison. I was going to just study and make myself a better man so that when I came home, if somebody would give me a shot, that I'd do a really good job and that I'd be able to do well with it. So it's kind of funny, though. I, you opened up with faith on this episode. So I'll share a story with you. I'm doing push-ups, right, in, in my cell. And I'm locked in there 23 and a half hours a day when I first got locked up. So that was quite a bit to be stuck in an eight by eight. But I wasn't a reader. I'm a I'm a you know ferocious reader now. You know, I mean, I, I love reading. I love, you know, just knowledge. And the book cart comes by and they're like, do you want to read a book? And I'm like, no, I'm all right. And so the book cart comes by. Do you want to read a book? I'm like, well, what do you got on there? Louis L'Amour and the Bible. And I was like, huh. Louis Lamore, the Bible. Okay, I'll take Louis Lamore. I think that God probably laughed at that point. He's like, you know, I've been trying to get you alone and have a conversation with you, you know, and now you're reading Louis Lamore, right? And then uh, a little time passes and I start to read the Bible and I start to kind of connect the stories that are going on there with what was going on with me. Like, Jonah caught up in the belly of the whale to get his mind right, you know, like he, he didn't want to go this way. He started going the wrong way. And so, you know, he got caught up in the belly of the whale for those kind of things. And even Joseph having to be humbled before he could be exalted, right? I, I think that's what happened to me. So on my journey of rediscovering my passions and reconnecting with that unique creation that I was intended to be, somebody that was passionate about fitness and going to help change lives through fitness, 
I started teaching adult continuing education on how to become a certified coach. I started teaching nutrition classes for adults so that they know how to eat right. I'd have guys come to me that were going home and they're like, yo kid, I need to lose 30 pounds before I go home. Can you help me out? You know, I was training mobsters and stuff like that. And they would give me tuna so I could have some protein or some stamps. But there's an important concept here that I feel that I was learning along the way that if I was willing to do it for tunas and stamps, that I would earn the right to do it later on. And I'm sure, I'm sure you've experienced this with your speaking, right? I mean, uh, you know, if you would speak here for free, you know, if you would do this, you know, later on, you'd be on a stage as you have been with, with Les Brown, right? I mean, like, you know, there's a, there's an evolution here, right? That just, you know, happens. And so I'm going through my time in prison. I start thinking, you know what? I'm going to go home. and I'm going to have my own gym, you know, because I'm kind of having my own gym here with all the people that I'm training. And so I start writing a business plan. And I had this one Italian mobster that I was training. And uh, he said, hey, kid, you know, when you get out, you can come by me and work in his medical business. But I said, no, I'm going to I'm going to go home and I'm going to start a fitness franchise. And I was already believing it. And I think belief is a very important thing for people. Yeah, believe in it and speak in it. And so when I came home, of course, my first job was to work for somebody else because I needed to, you know, get on my feet and do that. And and I worked my way up from trainer to manager to chief operations officer. And what I thought was a curse, this is important for the listeners listening in, what I thought was a catastrophe, a tragedy, a curse, when that When that owner of that company, after I worked my way up to chief operations officer, decided to let me go, it was a a terrible time in my life. I was working a lot of hours for him. I'd finally gotten my family a home of their own. And shortly after we got it, it was flooded to the second floor. So now we're living in a FEMA trailer. It's right after the holidays. Uh, Well, not even after. It was right after Thanksgiving, but not quite Christmas when I got let go from my job. And so... I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And my wife, you know, believing in me the way that she always has and being such a strong support, I was wondering, you know, should I just take some job that will, you know, take care of us or or should I stick with my passion? And so we became traveling trainers together, going to people's homes and and working our way through unemployment. And here's where here's where faith can just if you believe and if you have faith, there will be opportunities that will not open to you otherwise, right? You, you, you have to just, you have to have open eyes in order to see things. And open eyes begins with belief and faith and things such as that. So my father's going to church with this lady, Rosa Gia Michael, an Italian woman, and she's got a salon and she has an adjoining space. And she says, your son should come look at my space, you know, and uh, maybe he could start a gym there. And because he'd been telling people, of course, about what we do. And uh, so I was like, okay. I just went because I thought what I would do is just kind of make him happy. But like, I, I had to tell this lady that I'm in a FEMA trailer. That I'm, I'm on an unemployment check, you know, like I just came home from prison a couple of years ago. I got nothing but a flooded home that I'm rebuilding nights and weekends. So, you know, not really sure what I can do with your space. And so when we got in there, there was quotes on the wall. There was Christian music playing. And she's so excited to give us this tour. Like she's treating me like I must have a million dollars in the bank. Cause she's like, Oh, you can do this over here and this over there. And, and so when we got to the end of the tour, I'm like, you know, ma'am, you have a very nice space, but, but let me share with you that I'm on an unemployment check. Uh, I'm living in a FEMA trailer. I don't have anything. 
And so she looks at me and she says, I don't care about any of that. All I know is that God told me that you're supposed to be here. So when are you moving in? Wow. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so Cindy's with me, of course, you know, by this time, you know, Cindy's kind of gotten away from the deli. She's working as a trainer with me. Now we're training people in their homes and we get out to the car and we're discussing this. I'm Cindy, that, that lady in there thinks that God's talking to her about us, you know, and she, I'm like, what do you think? I, I said, it sounds like she wants us to start a gym in her place and that she's willing to allow us to move in before we even have anything to give her. She says, well, I think we're starting a gym, <laughs> you know, and so and so began Journey Fitness. And it was a small space. It was 1,300 square feet. We had to get a high interest loan for equipment because, you know, we weren't currently employed at the time. We found a newspaper. This was back when newspaper advertising was still working pretty good. And uh, we found a newspaper to give us some credit because we did have good credit. So we could pay them after 30 days as opposed to paying them up front for our ads. And we began something that quickly grew to five locations in four years wow. and is now a franchise today. Uh, so, I mean, it's, uh, so where it's, does the 333 come in? Yeah. I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked. So again, another little story that we're on a blessed journey at, at first, another thing that seemed like a tragedy, uh, that later gave me a confirmation. Could you imagine, imagine this, Jose, all of a sudden somebody tells you, you got to rename your kid. I mean, I'm not going to rename my kid, you know, like, what are you talking about? Right. Well, we decide after several people had prodded us, they said, oh, you should be a franchise. We go to one location, same things is happening as another. So you should be a franchise. We're like, oh, I don't know. You know, and so but eventually we accept that and we say, OK, let's try to impact as many communities as we can by presenting our business model as something that people can adopt and use. And, and we do have a a business model that is high accountability, high motivation, and high care for people. So it's a great one for communities to have. So we decided that it should be as many places as we could put it. But when we got with our franchise attorney, talk about renaming your child, he looked it up and he says, oh, you, you, Journey Fitness is already trademarked. Somebody in Hawaii trademarked their business and so you can't use it. And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> and he said, well, if you want to be a franchise, you're going to have to rename your business. And I'm like, is there a chance I could keep the word journey? And he's like, well, maybe, you know, see what you come up with. So my wife and I are like starting to think, well, well, we're more than fitness. You know, we're journey fitness, coaching and nutrition. You know, we're we're mind, body, spirit. You know, so we start going through all these things that we are, you know, and and how we help people and different customer types. And we kept coming up with these threes. So at first we're like. I'd say to Cindy, I'm like, how about Journey Trifecta? And she's like, sounds like a racing company. And I'm like, how about Journey Trinity? And she's like, ah, sounds too religious. You'll scare people away. I'm like, um, all right, how about, uh, I, I even put 3X one time. I'm like, how about Journey like 3X, you know? And she's like, oh yeah, really good. Somebody coming home from prison and now you got a Journey 3X club. She's like, they'll get the wrong <laughs> idea. You're on triple X, you know? <laughs> so oh, like, yeah, right? You know, so I was like, and so, one morning, I just woke up thinking about Journey 333. I think I was looking for a bigger number. And, you know, I'd heard about fitness 110, 110%, 212, the extra degree. And I was like, yeah, we need to be a big number. And I woke up thinking, what about Journey 333? And so, you know, I had proposed it to the franchise attorney. And he says, yeah, let me do an initial Google search. Okay, Google search looks good. I'll look more into it. So he's Googling. So I think, oh, 
Maybe that means I should Google. So I start Googling. And first thing that pops up, if you Google 333, I encourage the listeners to do so because numbers are pretty cool. You can get signs for numbers. And this was, you're seeing this number because God wants to be a co-creator with you in the universe. You know, it's an angelic sign. I'm like, well, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's a pretty good thing. That's the first thing I Googled. So then I'm talking to a Christian friend of mine and I say, hey, I'm thinking about this 333. And he says, oh, 333, did you know that's God's phone number? Well, listen, if I knew God had a phone number, I'd call him a long time ago because I got some questions, you know, the, the prison, the flooded house, you know, I got some, you know, like, and he's like, no, man, he says, Jeremiah 33, a lot of Christians talk about that, call on me and I'll answer. And I'm like, oh, another good sign. I like this. So I call the attorney back and I said, hey, how's it going on your end? And he says, it looks really good. I think that you could do a journey 333. And you could keep the name Journey and it'll be different enough, you know, so that we could trademark that. And so I'm like, awesome. And he says, hey, one more thing. He says, you should get a main number that ends in 333. And Jose, this is where it hit me. Because ever since we opened, our main phone number was 607-735-0333. And I'm like, we've had that number since the beginning. But I never gave it a thought until he said that. And I'm like, I got three different confirmations when I Googled, when I talked to the friend and now this. And I felt like it was just another sign that, you know, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you'll feel enthusiastic. You'll feel inspired. There will be opportunities that open up to you that wouldn't open up otherwise. And you'll get different confirmations that you're just on the right path. And and that, again, the, the fitness franchise, it got its own confirmation with the Journey 333. That's awesome, man. I love that. I see. That's why I asked because I, I was like, you didn't mention that about the three thirty three. I want to know the story behind the numbers. Yeah, you never know, man. And and for you, that has so much meaning. For like me, I'm like, eh, I don't know what that is, right? Right. No, 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 no. But for you and your family and your wife, that that has so much meaning to you. But now that everyone else knows, like now it puts everything together. Like, oh wow, that's that's deep. You know what I mean? And you start thinking about that. It's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fun for us to be able to put out our brand story and. And just, you know, hopefully we're attracting people that are, you know, desiring to either help other people overcome adversity or who have overcome some adversity themselves or maybe both. And that they they see our story and that they understand that that we're people that, you know, we're people that have strong belief and that uh, we believe that we have a special purpose here. And that if they can join our vision and join our purpose, that, uh, you know, we can have a nice little journey family of people changing lives. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, listen, uh, we spoke about the prison. We spoke about the journey fitness. Uh, we spoke about family, wife, your daughter. I wanted to just jump into real quick. Uh, you're a best-selling author too, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us, uh, tell us about that. What's the title? Where can people find it? Yeah, well, you know, I'm a big believer. Uh, I feel like you're such a kindred spirit. I, I just, you know, I love who you are after having us on our uh, podcast and our, having you on our podcast. And and I'm a big believer in masterminds. So when we started our business, I said, you know, I need to I need to become the average of you know the people I surround myself with, and I want to surround myself with successful fitness business owners. And I chose Todd Durkin to be that person in my life that would be a mentor for me. I applied for his group and I got in. Then I felt guilty about getting in because I was surrounded by such great people, and so I said, man, you know, have you ever had that happen where, I mean, maybe. Maybe you understand that sometimes not to share certain things about yourself eventually starts to feel like 
you're you're lying even though you know i mean there wasn't like any requirement but i'm like geez, i'm getting so close with these guys and i wonder if they'd still want me in the group if i told my story so i had been kind of writing out my story and we were away at this little get together this mastermind retreat and i asked todd i said and todd you know would you mind just reading the page 11 of my story uh, it's really important to me if you could just take it back to your hotel room tonight and read it and here's what I'm thinking. In my mind, a guy that still feels maybe a little unworthy, a little, a little shy about how I'm going to be accepted in the world, you know, as I would form new relationships and friendships, I was always wondering, oh, you know, this guy's an orthodontist and he cares how he dresses when he goes to Lowe's. Is he going to care when he finds out that, you know, I'm a convict because I might kind of tarnish him myself? And, and so uh, Todd, the next morning, greets me at breakfast with a hug and uh more admiration than he had for me before <laughs> again this story brings tears to my eyes as well because uh that's all i wanted to do was just be accepted for who i was now and not rejected for who i was then and um you know and also we all want to be accepted for who we are and we're not our mistakes you know we're, right. we're so much more than that you know the mistakes happen so that we can have teachers and lessons in life and so that's when todd told me he says <laughs> we're going to make this a book. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, we're going to make it a book. I'm like, Todd, I'm training some correctional officers right now. Some police officers are coming to my gym and things like that. I said, what if I lose my, my members? He said, if you lose anybody, those are the people you're meant to lose, but I guarantee you, you'll gain a lot more than you lose. That's and right. so I, I thought, okay, That's let's do advice. it. Yeah. And so we did journey fitness and those correctional officers that I was worried about and the police officers, they, they shook my hand. I, I think that they were uh, glad to see a story that, that turned out better on the other side instead of the repeat offender stories that we hear so often. And uh, yeah, it just strengthened relationships. People started sharing with me their adversities. And, and it seems like addiction or incarceration touches a lot of families. And so they would come up to me eventually and start saying, hey, uh, somebody's got this issue in my family. Would you mind having breakfast with them or coffee with them or talking to them or, you know, and I, I have people that I mentor still today. I'll, I'll certainly, you know, welcome them into journey. And if they're on the right path, you know, I'll, I'll act as a mentor in their life. And so it's, it's where those adversities that we go through in life, I don't think you go through anything significant unless it's to be a benefit to other people. That's and right. so that's the idea. Like, you know, how can you make this a benefit? And so now I try to bring it as an inspirational motivator for those that are, you know, maybe struggling on that path or even families that have someone that's struggling to say that there is hope people can recover. They can do well. And uh, so now because so many people shared those adversities with me, I realized, geez, our members have a lot of stories. And so our second book was 52 Amazing Journeys, which was about the journeys of our members who had come in, you know, maybe overcoming cancer and wanting to regain their health and, or, you know, people that have lost over a hundred pounds or just different things like that. And so now we have journey fitness and 52 amazing journeys out on the internet. And the, the first story of course, is my journey through incarceration to starting journey fitness with Cindy. And then the second one is really highlighting our members and it's written by myself and some of our other coaches that played a role in that. So that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Where can people find the book? Amazon.com or wherever books are sold, uh, Amazon's a good go-to right there. 
And uh, if people uh, if people wanted to get in touch with you, Todd, I'm sorry, Travis, to see, I said, Todd, can you mention Todd uh, Durkin, right? Yeah, you two got to get together. He's the mind right maniac, and you're the mindset disruptor. And I think <laughs> you guys can do a lot for the mindset. So uh, yeah, I got to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So um, what I was going to say was, if people want to get in touch with you, you know, just to just know more about you, hear more about your story, maybe purchase your books or, or have you come in and speak as, as a presenter um, or some fitness training or whatever, or they want to um, even become a franchisor as a franchisee as well uh, and become a part of the uh, Journey Fitness 333. Do you have a website? Where can they go to find out more about you from that? Yeah, thank you for that opportunity. Uh, TravisBarnSpeaks.com connects you to all my different places. And of course, you could go there and you could, uh, you know, inquire about speaking. JourneyFitness333.com connects you to the franchise. There's a spot right there where you can just click on franchises and learn more about that. Uh, I can be found on Facebook, uh, Travis Barnes there. I'm usually on Facebook more than Instagram. I really got to up my Instagram game, but I am Travis Barnes 33 or 333, of course, on Instagram. So, uh, yeah, you can find me all those places. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, listen, man, thank you so much for hanging out with me uh, during the, uh, this week's uh, episode, man. You dropped a lot of value. The story is incredible, man. I, to me, I think that we live through storytelling, right? We even yeah. from little kids, right? We Our parents read us. Uh, bedtime stories. Uh, then when we get a little older, we start, and those that are, that are in the faith, they hear all the stories about the Bible, uh, the people in the Bible who were God used, and and even the ones that, you know, we we would think that as humans, like, oh, they're insignificant. God used those people and made them mighty, uh, kind of like you and I, right? Like people yeah. who weren't supposed to make it. Society counted us out, disqualified us, and we came back even better and stronger because we were overcomers. And uh, I just love that, man. So thank you for hanging out with me and my audience and dropping some nuggets and some value, man. I really appreciate that. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, Travis is an overcomer, man, and he will help you to overcome adversity and live your dreams. So check him out, travisbondspeaks.com. Is that correct? Travisbondspeaks.com. That's right. You got it. Go check him out, get his books, uh, check out his franchise, man, and uh, just check more about his story. If you want to get fit and healthy, not only uh, mind, body, and soul, man, this sounds like the man that you need to connect with. So go ahead and check him out. Uh, well, listen, family, thank you so much. And until next week, I appreciate you. I love you. God bless you. And next time, until next time, make sure that you don't stop until you win. Take care and God bless. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of I Won't Stop Until I Win. Once again, I am your host, Jose Flores, and make sure you visit me at joseinspires.com, where you'll see links to all my social media, where I'm bringing content like this every single day on how you can win and keep on winning. We have new episodes dropping every week, so make sure you guys like, subscribe, and share with other winners so that everyone can keep up with what's going on. Once again, I appreciate you tuning in, and we'll catch you on the next episode of I won't stop until I win.